what I, I what I uh, thought would be a very uh, good thing is in some way to crystallize the overall understanding of the Bria, of the creation itself, you know, uh, and to see in many ways where we're at, where our present day uh, 5,781 that year is at, and also to look at it from the perspective of the entire scope of history. Now, what we understand the game plan, if you want to use that word, which is a good word, actually. The game plan of the Rabboni Shalom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is to create different realities. Not just to create one reality and just different parts of it, but really to create completely different realities. And therefore, that's what he would do. He, the Ramonshan would create uh, <clears throat> four different types of realities. And the ultimate goal, the game plan, or the goal, really is to convert one reality into the next. And they would, it would be like a ladder, where it would be a reality which is the lowest, then a second reality, then a third reality, and then a fourth. So there are really four different types of reality. Each one is very different from the other. And the game plan is to place human beings, which will eventually become the Jewish people. Not that there, uh, there are, of course, obviously other human beings. But the main idea is that who is the one that's going to change the realities? And that's really the game plan, is to create a re- different realities, each one having a different, different uh, uh, states, different properties, and so on. And to put, an indiv- to put individuals, or a group of individuals, or a nation, and they would, by doing certain tasks, they would move the realities or transform one reality into the next, <clears throat> thereby changing not only the realities, but by changing their situations. So they would change corresponding to the reality that they created, which is an interesting concept that a person can change not only uh, a reality, but his own reality. We actually transforms into another type of being. And in that type of reality, then that is what's called a greater qualitative reality that he himself would initiate, you see. So if you really think about it, that is the overall game plan. I mean, looking at it from the top down, is that there are different realities, and there's specifically four of them. And the Bonisham would create individuals, whatever the group, and they would be responsible to change the reality itself, to transform it from one reality to a next. And as such, not only would they change the external realities in which they find themselves in, 
but they will actually change their own reality. They become different types of beings. And each reality will be different not only than the other, but each reality or, or any single reality will be greater than the next uh, in whatever greatness is, in whatever measure of greatness is defined. And ultimately speaking, <clears throat> there would be an, a last reality, and let's, let's call that number four, and that reality would remain what it is, but it would have different degrees. And that would be transformed for eternity, which means it would be an infinite amount of transformations. Now, only the fourth reality would have those infinite amount of transformations. And as time goes on within that fourth reality, the beings in that reality that would have transformed from number one to two to three to four, they would therefore derive at any given, uh, let's say, nanosecond, a greater reality than the previous nanosecond. And that would be infinite and go on forever. This is the overall game plan, you see. And that's what Judaism really is all about. It is about transforming one reality into another, into another, and finally into the last reality. And that would go on forever, changing within the context of that reality. Now, to be more specific, you see, <clears throat> I'm going to identify the four realities from the highest to the lowest. Because the game plan is really to change it from the lowest to the highest. So the highest reality of all, call, is called, now remember, what is constant on all the realities is God. God, in a certain way, is constant. But his, his viewability, the ability to perceive him or to experience him, would change, you see. And, and God would be what's called a constant that, that doesn't change vis-a-vis -vis himself, but he would change vis-a-vis -vis the reality you're in and can you perceive him or not and to what extent and how would you perceive him. Okay, so let's take a look at the realities that God would create and the perception itself of the realities, you know, in other words, the, what's called, the, let's use the, the concept or the uh, example, let's say the lens, that you can have four different lenses. Let's say you have a telescope. So you have one type of lens, which would be the greatest lens of all. Let's, let's call that the Hubble, the Hubble telescope. We know it circulates the earth, it revolves around the earth. And that has an incredible ability to perceive the entire universe. You know, it can go all the way out to, I think, uh, maybe 13 billion light years, a light year being a distance. A light year is not a measure of time, it's a measure of distance. How long or far light travels in one year? So light travels 186,000 miles per second, which means it goes around the Earth 
seven times in one second. Okay, so in one year, so that's 186,000 miles a second, and in one year, light will travel six trillion miles. So the universe is a light year, 13.7 billion light years. So that's 13.7 billion times 186,000 miles, okay, uh, which is obviously a distance we cannot even begin. But the, the Hubble telescope can look out that far. So that's one type of view. Then you have shorter range telescopes, you know, uh, that can view, let's say, only the nearest galaxy. And then the view, let's say, you can, you can look at, you know, the, uh, the uh, skies. Uh, and then what you can view on the Earth, let's say binoculars. It's also a view, but you can't see that much. You can see on the Earth, you know, with binoculars. But it, you cannot see, obviously, what the Hubble telescope can see. So the view or the ability to perceive different realities, as we will see, is that there are four different types of Torah. Because Torah is really four different manifestations, as we will see. So the greatest of all realities is called Zulosoi, where there is God and there is an other. And the only other to God is the Nishama, is the soul. In fact, those are the two real principal entities of all reality. There's God, the divine, and there's the Nishama, which is the greatest creation that God ever made. You see. And that's called, there's the Elokus, God, and the Nishama is the uh, Zulosoi. Zulosoi means other, other than he. And that's it. That reality is the reality called Oilam Habo. That's really what the future world is. It is an existence in which there are only basically two different types of realities. There's God, the divine presence. We'll call that the highest level of Shekhinah, of the divine presence. And there's the Nishama, you see. And the Nishama in the reality called Oilam Habo, which is called the future world, we do not know what that reality is. You see, uh, we have no idea what exists in that reality other than these two forms of beings. Those are the principal forms. Now, the, the second reality is the reality of Ruchniyot, spirituality. Now, most people think, well, the spiritual world is the highest level of existence besides God. And that is not true. The spiritual reality, the Ruchnistical reality, you see, is really part of Oilam Hazer. The Ruchnistical reality is not Oilam Habo, because nobody knows what Oilam Habo is. It doesn't exist yet. It must be transformed from a lower reality. But the reality of Ruchnius is called Oilam Hazer, this world, you see. And this world has different realities. 
in terms of Ruchnius. Now, the beings that inhabit Ilm Hazeh, they are spiritual entities. Basically, they are the Malochim. They are all the angels. And there are ten different categories of angels. Different ones inhabiting different aspects of the spiritual reality. But it's only spiritual. They have their own nature, their own properties. What they are, what they can do, you know, what they know, how they function. Now, we're not familiar with them at all, except in the fact that we know that these are the malochim, you see. So that reality, the reality of the malochim, is purely spiritual. Now, we who are physical, and I'll get to that, we cannot experience a, a spiritual reality being as he is in his reality. We can't do that. Because we are in a reality which is also part of the Ilam Hazeh, but it's physical. It's called the Geshem reality. Geshem means material, physical. We do not understand, we cannot experience uh, uh, directly a being in the spiritual reality, the Ruchni. Therefore, you cannot in any way, as you remain physical, you cannot experience a spiritual being directly. That spiritual being, in order to be experienced or perceived by you, must dawn or change into a, a physical costume, which he then assumes, although it's not him, and therefore you can experience that being as a high-level physical being. But you can never experience a Malach as he is. It's a different reality. He's got to put on a costume, some kind of a suit, so to speak, that you can experience. So therefore, the reality of the Malachim has its own rules, its own regulations, its own physics, actually. It consists of different types of beings, you see. And uh, uh, they have their own properties, their own levels of hierarchy, and so on. So therefore, that is the second reality. And that has different levels. But the commonality of all of them is that they are all spiritual, you see. And there are different levels of that spiritual reality. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, there are three that I would mention. One is called one is called uh, uh, actually Asiya, the world of action. There's Yitzira, the world of formation. There's uh, Bria, the world of creation. Okay, and then there is the world of Atzilut, <clears throat> which is an interesting reality. It's part of Olam Hazer, but that there are no beings in that world except God. Now, God is not spiritual, but in some way, the lens in which you can view God is a lens of Oilam Atzilus. So in that sense, it is a spiritual lens from which you can experience God as a spiritual being, although he is not spiritual, you see. <clears throat> God is not spiritual, obviously, not physical. God is something that we have no idea what he is. But... You can experience God in the, uh, through the lens of, of Ruchni in Atzilut. 
So Atsilus is a world that only God is, and he can experience as a spiritual being, although he is not spiritual. It's almost like God puts on a certain costume, and you can experience him in that costume, you see. But he himself is not that. He wears a spiritual costume. But he is the only one in that reality, Atsilut. So Atsilut really is the world of God, <clears throat> as he can be experienced as a spiritual being. That's the highest level of Shekhinah, of divine presence. We cannot experience God as he is in the world of Ulam Habo, the future world. You need to, the future world has to exist in order to experience God in that world. Therefore, Ulam Hazer or any, any kind of being in Ulam Hazer, <clears throat> even if you are spiritual, can experience God as a spiritual being in Ulam Hazer. And that reality is called Atsilut. It's either called the world of emanations or whatever. Now, in the Oilam of Bria, you have Malachim, angels, which are again spiritual. It's the highest level of spirituality or spiritual beings in Oilam Hazer. And that's really what they are, you see. And then you also have beings in the world of Yitzira, which is the world of formation, and so on. So in those two worlds of Bria and Yitzira, you see, which is Oilam Hazer, you can experience uh, indirectly the, the residence of that world, and that is called uh, the Malochim of Bria or Yitzira. You see, mm-hmm. we have no idea what their nature is. It's like a different, it's not a different planet, it's like a different reality where they have their own laws, whatever that is, you see. Uh, and that's uh, the levels in Oilam Hazer. <clears throat> now, the lower level, which is called Asiyo, that is the world of action, and that consists basically of two subsections. One subsection, right, is the world of also its Ruchnis, but it's a very low form of spirituality, almost to the extent where it's almost physical, but it really is spiritual, but it's a very low level of spirituality. And at that level, there are also Malochim, you see, on that level called the Oilam of Asiyo. Uh, and, they, that, and that is a, a spiritual place, which I mentioned, but it's the lowest level of Ruchni, you know. <clears throat> um, that is also a level of Shadim, demons, that is a level of uh, angels of Chavolo, angels which are part of the Satan, his entourage, so to speak. Uh, it, it's also certain levels of Nishamot that still have uh, some type of form, which is, which is Ruchni, but it's the lowest form. They are usually, you can call them a ghost, because that's really what a ghost is. A ghost is a Nishama that still has the garb of something spiritual, but the lowest form of spirituality. Then there's what's called the world of Asiyah, what's called the Oilam HaShofel, the lower world. And that is a world of Geshem, physicality, you see. 
And that's the world that we are used to, we are familiar with, the concept of a physical universe. And the Oilem HaGeshem, or the Oilem HaShofel, like I said, is about 13.7 billion light years in expanse. Humongous, you see. But it's a physical world. It's the Oilem HaGeshem. Uh, but that Oilem HaGeshem, it's physical, is much higher than the world we exist in, as I will speak about. Because the problem with our world, which is Oilem HaGeshem, what has been added to that is Zoyamor. So when Adam Arishim was created, he was put into Ilam HaGeshem, into a physical world. But because his physical world lacked anything satanic, Satan, the Zoyamor, it was in certain ways like Ilam Yitzira. It wasn't Yitzira, but it was sort of like a midway point, you see, between the world we know because the world we know is Geshem, physicality, plus Zoyamo, which is some type of defilement, pollution, or contaminant. So therefore, that's where Oda Mauritian is. In the, it, it's in Oilam Asiya, or in, uh, it's much higher level of Asiya, you see. Now, when Adam sinned, then he fell, or I should say more accurately, he was transformed into Olam Asiya, into Olam Hageshem with Zoyamor, you see. And this is the problem. So if you look at all these worlds, realities, <clears throat> we begin to realize that there are basically four overall. The first level is an Olam which is physical, which has Geshem. Which, which is Geshem, which has Zoyamor. It has an admixture of a pollution, a contaminant called the Zoyamor, which is the aura, if you want to use that word, or some type of projection by the Satan himself. And as such, it's very different than the Oilam HaGeshem without the Zoyamor, you see. So we inhabit that world, you see. So we now begin to understand the different types of realities. That Adam Harishan, before the sin, was really somewhere, it was Oilam HaGeshem, but it was not the same material, physical world that we have. It was much closer to Ruchnius, although it wasn't Yitzira in that sense. It wasn't pure spirituality like the world of the angels. But it was much greater, finer, much closer to spirituality than we can imagine. So that's how things started out. With the oilam of Adam Arishim before the sin. Now what God wanted, and of course when Adam sinned, then he changed the world, the oilam, let's call it the oilam hageshem, pure. He changed it to an oilam with a zoyhamah. So, which radically changed the world. And God did not want him to do that. What God wanted Adam Arishan to do is not sin. So therefore, he would have changed the Olam HaGeshem, the pure Olam HaGeshem, into Olam Yitzira. You see? 
he would have changed it into the world of formation. So that would have been Shabbos, because Adam Rishon was created in Friday, right? And he was created around 12 o'clock noon. He had six hours not to sin. And had he not sinned, then Shabbos would have become Olim Yitzira, which is the world of formation. And that is a real Ruchnistig world, you see. And then that would have been transformed, right, on in Sunday into Olam Bria. You see, that would have gone up. And on Sunday of the following week, because the first seven days, six days was a creation, then you had Shabbos. So Odom on Sunday of the following week would have changed the Olim Yetzirah into Bria. You see, he would have changed the world into the world of creation, which is the highest level of Ruchni that a being is in. There are Malachim in that world, <clears throat> but these are of the highest type. And guess what? That's what he would have become. And not only would Odd Mauritian have become that, but Odd Mauritian would have had all of us, the human race. Because he was destined to give rise to the entire human race. Except what's interesting, the Ramchal says, is that he would have been the only one to do the Avoidah. But in some way, that Avoidah would have helped all of us. So Sunday would have been Bria, you see. And then Monday, again of the following week, then Odna Mauritian would have become, and the entire existence would have become the reality of Atsilus. Yes, which nobody has ever seen. Remember, Atsilut is the world of God. Right now he's the only one in that reality that can be perceived. You see, we do not know the nature of Atsilut. Nobody does. Because nobody can be into that reality. But Adam, had he not sinned, uh, on Monday of the next week, would have come into Oilam Atsilut. And then on Tuesday, the world of Oilam Hazer would have changed to Oilam Habo. Now, isn't that interesting? That the Tuesday of the next week would have changed into Oilam Habo. And once the reality of Oilam Hazer, which is the world without Zayama, which is, let's say, Friday, that would have become Yitzira. Well, Yitzira would have been Shabbos, Sunday would have been Priya, Monday would have been Atzilut, and Tuesday of the following week would have been Ilm Habo, which is the tenth day from the beginning of last week, Sunday. So really, that tenth day would have become Ilm Habo. And therefore, that world is the world of Zulosoi, where really there's only God and the Neshama that exists in a world of, it's not even Ruchnius. We don't know what that world is. So I call it the world of Zulosoi or Oilam Habo because it is not even spirituality. It's much different than spiritual. Uh, it's the world really uh, <clears throat> of the Neshama. 
pure. We have no idea what that is. Now, what's an interesting remise to that, by the way, uh, is we know that, you know, it's good to start things on Tuesday. Why? Because on Tuesday, it says the word kitoiv twice. Kitoiv, God created uh, on Monday, uh, you know, or whatever, but he didn't finish. And then he created something, two things on Tuesday, and therefore he, he said the word kitoiv twice. <clears throat> but if you think about it, kitoiv means because it is good. Uh, so the first kitoiv refers to the first Tuesday. The second kitoiv refers to the Tuesday of the following week, you see. And that would have been Oilem Habo. Uh, you see? So it's really referring to two different Tuesdays. Uh, this is a, dr- a drush or remez. You see? <clears throat> so therefore, the following Tuesday, Odom Mauritian, Chavo, all mankind uh, that would have survived or been with Odom on the following Tuesday would have been in Oilem Habo, and that would go on forever. Changing. It would, it would remain the reality of Oilem Habo, but Oilem Habo would be different from whatever you want, whatever unit of time, let's say one day, whatever time there is in Oilem Habo. Uh, every day would have been different, greater and greater and greater. But the reality of Zulosoy, which is the God and the Neshama, that reality doesn't change. It just gets different, you see. So what happened, really? Well, instead of Odom changing the world on Shabbos to Olim Yetzira, you see, what Odom Rishon did is he introduced Zayamor because he sinned, you see. Uh, so he changed the world lower. He made the world lower. So instead of the world being Shabbos, which is Olim Yetzira, it became Olim uh, with Zoyamor. It remained Geshem, but it became infused with Zoyamor, which is the satanic pollution of the Satan. And therefore, everything in the world became not only physical, but it became subject to what's called deterioration or decomposition. What is the concept of the Sotan? And that's why we realize what Oilem Hazer, the Oilem HaGeshem, with Zoyamor really is. You see. And by the way, before I forget, what God wants to do is restore the world to Odom, right, without Zoyamor, which would have been Odom before the sin, like Friday. And that is the Messianic era. You now understand what the Messianic era is within the context of the totality of all the realities. The Messianic era is an era, especially after Mashiach ben Dovid comes, where he kills the Sultan. And therefore, what he really does is he changes the Oilem Geshem, the material world, which has the Zoyamah, to a material world which doesn't have the Zoyamor. You see, he kills the Satan. And therefore the entire universe, in a certain sense, changes. So what it does, it becomes the Oilem of Geshem at the lowest level. 
So the oilum of Geshem at the lowest level is Geshem, physicality, without Zoyamo. And that begins to change slowly until ultimately the year 6000. So whatever years the Mashiach is here, let's assume the Mashiach will come in 2030, right? Which is only, what, almost nine and a, a little more than nine years from now. And he will be Mashiach when David, and he will then, the world will then become Oilem Geshem, because he will kill or remove or eliminate, is a better word. He will eliminate the entire concept of Satan, all his entourage, his malachim, and the entire concept of Zoyamah. They will, that will all be removed. There's no more death. There's no decomposition. There's no deterioration. Nothing bad ever happens. Because everything bad that happens is always a result of satanic kitrugim and zoyamo, Because that's how it's executed, you see. So, Yemoisa Mashiach, what it really is, the Messianic era of Mashiach ben David, is an era which there is no such thing as bad. I mean, it's, it, it can exist in theory, but nothing ever bad happens. Because if there's no death, there's no sickness, there's no illness, nothing deteriorates. On the contrary, everything enhances. Why? Because even though it's Geshem, it gets better. Because the Geshem itself improves higher and higher. Comes out that by the time you reach the year 6000, which is the English year 2240, you will have basically reached the highest level of Geshem. And then what happens is the world is destroyed, which is the world of Geshem. In fact, the entire universe is destroyed, you see. And what that means is that the entire universe becomes Ruchni, at the level of Yitzira, you see. So from the year 6,000 to 7,000, the universe becomes Ruchni at the level of Olam Yitzira, which is the level of angels, you see. Now again, we don't know what that world is like, but it is nothing of what you can imagine, because there is no longer an Olam HaGeshem, you see. There is no more physical world. There's no physical universe. Everything in that universe has been changed to complete spirituality. But it is only the spirituality of Yitzira. Yeah, but that is so different than what we know. We cannot even comprehend the incredible superiority of that existence. You see. So that's what Mashiach ben David does. He does, he gets rid of the Satan, so we become like Odomarishan before the sin, but we start out at the lowest level of Geshem without Zoyamor. And as the 210 years ensue, from let's say 2030 up to 2240, it is a world of unbelievable goodness. You see, and that's what the Nevi'im talked about. What they talked about, you know, not Oilem Haba, but the Yemoisa Mashiach, it's a world where 
the, God will pervade the, the world in a way we cannot even comprehend. There will be a chokhmah which we cannot even begin to understand, a wisdom, a divine energy, a divine light. We will be bathed in, in, in divine light. You know, not by, like, uh, in, in many ways, it's like a, a real main, a small fraction of when you went to the base Hamikdash in the time that the Shekhinah was there. So you felt the presence of God in a way which we do not understand. In the world of the Messiah, the Messianic era of David, you see, we will experience being bathed, so to speak, in the world of God. In a world of Geshem, without any kind of Zoyama, nothing. And that will be an unbelievable world. It's a world of unbelievable peace. You know where it says in Yeshaya that the wolf will dwell, will dwell with the lamb, the lion, you know, I mean, it means you can have a, a, a pet as a, as a lion, and it'll be like a, like a pussycat. It's unbelievable. It means all the aggression, the hatred, the desire to kill, to damage, injure, is gone, you see. Because that, in many ways, is all part of the satanic world. There will be unbelievable light, spirituality, spiritual knowledge, presence of God, prophecy. Every Jew will be an unbelievable Novi, prophet, which can, we cannot even imagine. Imagine, you know, you sit down, you close your eyes, and there it is. You are a Novi, or Naviya, right? And you are experiencing God with vacas, with images of which you cannot even begin to imagine. You see, and that's all because cause there's no Zoyama, you see. It's basically, but you're still physical. It means you're walking around, you have your own body, you're physical. But it's a physical world that we cannot even begin to understand. You see, it's like Odom Rishon before the sin, who was basically physical, but the, the, the lowest level of physicality, but no Zoyama. And that's the level we will be. And we will grow. That will change, you see, from day to day, where you're still physical, you see, but the physicality itself improves, becomes less and less, <clears throat> you see. And that is why that is the world of Tchiyatamesim, the world of the resurrection of the dead. Why? Because death is only something with a zoyama you know, collapses or uh, decomposes physicality. That's what death is, you see. But what happens if you remove Zoyamo? Then the physical peace or the physical matter that you have, if it has no Zoyamo, cannot remain dead. You see, it resurrects itself. That's why Tchiyasamesim can only happen after the Mashiach Mendovit. Because you've got to get rid of the Zoyamah. Because the Zoyamah is what keeps it dead. You see. It keeps it decomposed. But if you remove the decomposition, the breakdown of the physical substance, you see, then automatically what happens is you resurrect. 
You see? You become alive. Your physical matter now recombines into a body without Zoyama. And that body will never die. You will take that body with you into Ilm Habo. However, the body will change. That's what happens. But the body is now yours for eternity. Because that's what God wants. That every Nishama will have a body. Some type of outer form. You see, even though that outer form is not physical. But there will be some type of a vestige of what it was when it was physical. But that is why Oilam Habo, not Oilam Habo, the resurrection can only take place in the Yemaisa Mashiach. You see, so we will be restored to the Yemaisa Mashiach. You see, we will be restored to the level of Odom Horishan before the sin. But that's only the beginning. Like I said, you will have a new body and there will be an incredible time period. You know, you will not die at all. And not only that, but everything you do will be like magic. Like everything you touch will be perfect. It will be good. No chesarn. No deficiencies. No problems. No worries. It'll be what's called in English a utopia. Where everything is marvelous. Everything is magnificent. You see? We cannot even imagine that kind of a world. Imagine living in a world where there's no evil, there's no death, no decomposition, no deterioration, right? There's no anxieties, there's no depression, there's no sickness, whether it be mental or physical. All there is is unbelievable perfection of the physical form. Imagine, you know, you'll have energy which just does not quit. You never get tired. We can't even imagine what that is, you see. Because everything that, you know, being tired and anxious and all that, that's all Zoyamo. That's all satanic, you see. So it's a universe in which there is unparalleled and incomprehensible goodness. But it's still physical. But in a way which we cannot comprehend, because it lacks Zoyamo. And then by the time you get to the end of 210 years, right, which is the year 6000, then there is no more Geshem. We have reached the highest level of a physical material universe that we don't even recognize even when it started, let's say, which is the year 2030, right? We don't even know what it looks like to go for another 200 10 years to 20 to 40, we don't even know what we will be like, you see. But then all of a sudden the world transforms into Elim you see, where even the Geshem changes. And the Geshem becomes something of which we've never experienced. It's called inert, where you have a real physical body, but it is completely inert which means it has absolutely no drives, no urges, nothing. It's like you wearing a suit of clothes or a dress. Now, could you imagine, does a dress make urges? 
Does it make demands on you? Right? You know, nothing. It's inert. It's just something you wear. But it has absolutely no in, influence over you. You see? So it's funny. In the world of the 6,000 6, year, which is 2240, you have a physical body, but it is completely inert. It has no properties of what you knew as physicality. You see? So it's much greater than what was, even in the Moshe Mashiach, you see? And now you understand what Mashiach ben Yosef is. He's the one that's got to change, transform the world of Zoyamo, Geshem, with Zoyamo, into a world of Geshem without Zoyamo, you see? So what he has to do is take on the first level of that, and you know what that is? That is evil, Ra. He has to take on and somehow battle and transform the whole concept of evil, you see, and eliminate it. Then the Mashiach ben David destroys it. That's the difference, you see. He has to vanquish it, subdue it. It's called Kafia Surah, where evil no longer rules. It no longer has any Hatzlocha. It is, it, it, you know, in, in other words, it may exist as a concept, but it has absolutely no dominion whatsoever, you see, even though it exists. And then Mashiach, that's Mashiach ben Yosef. And part of that, of course, is the building of the Beis Amigdash, right? And part of that is, not only that, is the restoration of all the Jews, right? Going back, rehabilitation. And going back to Eretz Israel, you see? But the one who removes the Zoyamah is the Mashiach ben David. And that is a transformational milestone of which we cannot imagine because it's, it's a serious interruption in the universe. Because we don't even know what that means. To destroy the sultan, you see. And that's what is going to happen. So what I've given so far is an overview of all the realities, you see, and the differences, and what the game plan is, you see, of what the Jews do. And also the difference between Ben Yosef and Ben Dovid, you see. So the one who is in charge of the transformation of a world which has in unbelievable evil to a world which is completely good, you see, which is Mashiach Ben Dovid, is the job of Ben Yosef. You know, so you can imagine the difficulty, that job, very hard. <clears throat> but the interesting thing about it, and I will end with this for this year, Who's Cindy? Wait, let me just finish this Is idea. Hello? Trying to look at these pictures. What, the, what that means is the following. Is that what God will do <clears throat> once he does that, which is interesting, is that God in the end will allow evil to fully dominate. God will allow evil to fully dominate 
Because once God will remove the evil, he wants it to fully express itself. Because that will show the power of God. That evil, even at that level, has been eliminated. And that is what we are now in. We are watching a world which is incredibly evil. The amount of suffering, the amount of evil, the amount of killing, murder, uh, the amount of immorality, you see, the amount of perversions and corruption is unbelievable. Uh, we are really in the Memtes Shari That's really what we're in. It doesn't look that way because there's a tremendous scientific advancement. But when you think about it, morality-wise, we are in the Memtes Shari and unfortunately, America has become full-blown into that reality. So what God does is he allows evil, its full expression, total, and then he destroys it. Because God wants to demonstrate his unbelievable power. You know, in other words, when you want to vanquish an enemy, you don't want to vanquish an enemy that's weak. Because what did that demonstrate about you? What God does is he wants to demonstrate, once he's about to eliminate it, his real koyach to absolutely destroy every vestige of evil, you see. And that is the world we are now in. And now you begin to understand why the, there's so much evil, because God is about to eliminate it. So he wants to demonstrate his awesome power, right? And therefore, he's going to let it go to its hilt, and destroy it. And that is the job of Mashiach and Yosef. So let's hope that this year, or now, this is the utter destruction. You see? Okay. Any questions so far? So is that what's going to happen with this Biden versus Trump? Well, this Biden and Harris and so on, uh, this you are looking at... Pure evil, yes. Why? Because it's not that they want to dominate people on the America. Socialism and communism, which is another restoration of evil. They want to maintain the incredible immorality, perversions, corruption, you see, and the arrogance of mankind. That's really what they want to do. They want to dominate everybody, you see. And, and that is a, uh, America, which used to be Toiv. They want to dominate that. Totally. You see? And bring it to what it was by the Mabel or Sedoim. They want to turn America into Sedoim. You see? Uh, and therefore, they are being allowed to do that, or at least attempt to do that. Now, what, what is interesting to us is what will God do? Has evil reached its end conclusion? You see? Rabbi, an hour ago, uh, Trump, the, um, it's called the Government Service Administration, uh, Trump is allowing the transition into a Biden administration. So, and with yesterday, uh, Sidney Powell saying she's not president, and now this just coming out with the transition, I don't know that the... We're in for yeah, but Annette, I, I saw that article, and you have to see who is 
uh, CNN is is the one. No, Amy, it's Daily Wire. It's no. He said I'm going to transition because they're threatening the lady, her family, and her children. Which lady? Uh, Emily, his lawyer. Judges, uh, very lawyer. In front of her house, something very bad. So he goes. Which lawyer, Sydney Powell? Emily, Emily, Emily. Who's Emily? Sydney, his other lawyer. His what? other lawyer is Giuliani. Is one lawyer, and yeah. this other lawyer, Emily Murphy is his other lawyer, and she's been getting threatened. So he's telling her that because of this threat, he's allowing the transition into a Biden administration. But he does not concede. He does not concede. And now Antifa said that um, if he doesn't concede, we're going to go to every conservative neighborhood, terrorize the people. They won't be able to go to the grocery stores, and they won't be able to go to work. Wait and see. It's they're threatening. Well, I think maybe that's why Sidney Powell last night said she's not Trump's pres- uh, lawyer anymore. Because they probably threatened. Yeah, they Correct. Yeah, so what you're really watching, I mean, you are watching a final battle where America is no longer a country that we recognize. We are now looking at a civil war. This is a potential of a civil war where America is now hostage by, uh, by the uh, forces of evil. The question is, what's Trump going to do? Uh, you see, that's the question. America is no longer a civil country where law dominates. It's now, no. uh, you know, uh, uh, threats that dominate. It was safer with the mafia. Well, that's what it's becoming. It's becoming a mafia-dominated country. Yeah. Very good. So, Robert, what's the plan? What are we doing then? We can't stay here. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm trying to explain. Why this world, why America, which used to represent the good aspect of mankind, relative to all the other countries, you know, it is now itself under threat of being evil. So that's the question. How far will God allow the evil to dominate before he wipes it out? That's the question. That's where we want the answer. Do you know the answer? When is it? Do I know the answer? When do you think? When do you think? What I think is that something will happen which will turn it around. Hanukkah time, miracles time. Because the problem is that if America turns that way, where you have Biden and Harris, you have AOC and Ilhan Omar, it's over. I mean, uh, uh, the only thing that... Bernie Sanders, the only way to stop it will be uh, an open miracle. So that's the question. Or will something stop it? You see. They you, keep you, asking for a proof, Rabbi, and they have no proof. They keep on showing no proof, and they keep saying, where's the proof? Where's the proof? Yeah, that itself is also strange. Yeah. It's yeah, very weird. That. What's that? 
I don't understand how they keep saying there's voter fraud, but they can't prove it. Well, I, I, I do they know that they have. They Apparently, they... Be threatened. Yeah, I think they have. Uh, people that have proof or their witnesses, they don't want to say their name, otherwise they'll come after them. Yeah, yeah you're, you're watching mobster tactics, yeah. You know, people, because people want to be an anonymous, they're afraid that they'll be threatened. Sure. No, but they asked, they asked Sidney Powell to prove all this Dominion, you know, voter fraud, and she never yeah. showed anything. And they've been asking her, and they've been asking, and she keeps saying, this weekend you're gonna, I'm going to show you, and then nothing comes out. And then now she comes out saying, I'm not the president's lawyer anymore. Very strange. Something is yes. very fishy. Yeah, something is happening. We don't really know. Did they threaten her? Is that why? Look, it's these, the only these, thing that makes sense. Yeah, these people are very, these people are very dangerous. Look what, they, look what they did when they riot uh, in Manhattan. Uh, look what they did when they rioted in all the other cities. They killed and they destroyed property. You know what I mean? Yeah. You saw a rabbi in California? Rabbi the what? In California people. What in happened? California people, in California, people have homes. These stupid people broke in and the government said, oh, you can't let them leave. They, they're allowed to stay there. They're letting every sin of Sodom happen again. They only the rules are to protect the villains and not the innocent. Yeah, that's the breakdown of society, by the way. But that may lead to a full civil war, by the way. Because there are millions and millions of people. Uh, Well, that certainly could be, yeah. Because you have millions of people that have guns. And I guarantee you that they're going to use them. You know, uh, there's, I don't know, like I heard that. You know, the city of... What? The the city of New York just made a new law saying that they're going to raise the the parking tickets to $175 and they're going to distribute like $45 of that money to the person that reported it. Wow. They're encouraging people... To to to, 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 to report their, their neighbors, and then, then also during Thanksgiving, they were offering people to to, to report your, your your neighbors if they see more than ten people going into a house to report them. We're back to the KGB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. This is a KGB. This is a Russian police secret service. Where every neighbor, you know, uh, informed on his neighbor. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of communism. You know? <clears throat> Look, we have to hope that God will not allow the ultimate destruction and deterioration of America. That would be terrible for the Jews. Terrible. Because it will be ultimately the rise of anti-Semitism. Because the Jews are always the scapegoat on either side when this happens. Whenever there's a breakdown of war, Jews are always the scapegoat. And the second problem is Israel. Israel itself doesn't have a government. They have some, something called a government, you know. 
And uh, what are they going to do? You can't go to Israel. Most people cannot afford an apartment that costs $800,000 or a million dollars in Israel. And besides, there's not enough apartments because the government of Israel... Rabbi, did you hear, did you hear Bibi met um, secretly with Mike Pompeo and went to Saudi Arabia to meet Ben Salman? No. And but the I, head of the chief Mossad. And the chief Mossad, they went yesterday on a secret uh, mission. Yossi Cohen, yeah. Yeah, Mike Pompeo, and they met with Ben, ben Salman in Saudi Arabia. I'm assuming to talk about Iran based on if Biden were to enter a, uh, enter as president. So what do they intend to do? Bomb Iran? They didn't. They did. They did not say what was spoken. They just. But Israel, Israel said, if you go back to your deal with Iran, we will destroy their nuclear plant. Israel made it uh, over the weekend. They gave that statement. Did they say that? Loud and clear to Biden. Yeah, because they're all sure. Because Biden's crazy. Instead of eliminating Iran, these guys want to reinforce Iran. It's unbelievable. So Israel will have no choice but to destroy uh, the nuclear weapons of Iran. And the Arab countries are behind him. And, and Saudi Arabia said, we'll make our own nuclear plants if you're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to start and a nuclear arms. Also. Of course. Then what's going to happen is the Middle East is going to become... Everybody's going to make nuclear arms, a nuclear arms race, which will destroy the Middle East. Because once they have nuclear weapons, you never know when it could be used. Yeah. Biden is a tremendous danger to the peace of the Middle East. Tremendous danger. To the danger. peace of the people in the United States as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. But like I say, the question is, to what extent does God want the evil to dominate before he destroys it? Mm-hmm. That's the question which I've tried to, which I've answered by showing you the entire scope of what, what is supposed to happen, you see. Look, we just have to hope and pray that the evil, that this evil will not dominate, you know. And God is somehow. What do you think is going to happen with Trump? Do you still think Trump's going to win? I still feel that he can win. Yes. You know, even know with all Trump these will. things. And him yeah, I want saying to now to. I want to tell you something. Don't be fooled. When Haman went into that private meal with Achashverosh and Esther, what do you think all the Jews thought? They said, "We're finished." Mm. They didn't know who Esther was, that she was Jewish, because Esther never revealed her origin. So every, everybody thought that Esther is probably some kind of a, a Persian woman. And now, not only is Haman not destroyed, but she seems to be inviting Haman as a private guest. So on the contrary, we're finished. You see? Because what the Rabbanishim wanted is that the Jews should not rely on Esther. They should pray to God. And guess what? Mm. Not think about this. I mean, if you would have walked over to a bookie and asked him what odds 
do you think the Jews would be saved, right? And given this situation where Haman is now best friends with Esther and Achishverosh with the first meal, and he would say, there's no odds, it's over with. The Jews are finished, right? And all of a sudden, in the next night, he was dead, right? He was finished overnight. You know, I want to tell you something. God does not respect statistics or predictabilities. That's not the way he operates. God operates with v'nahapuchu, that it could be miraculously overturned overnight. I mean, just think about what happened in Egypt, right? And they didn't know after the Jewish Jews. They, they were finished. I mean, now they've got to go gather straw. Not only are they slaves, but they don't sleep anymore. Can you imagine the pain and suffering? And they had to go through this for a couple of months. You know? They were finished. What happened? All of a sudden, the mock of Dam. Blood. God unleashed against Egypt something which they could never imagine. Which is, the, imagine the entire Nile River, real blood, not colored water, real blood. You know, I mean, the, blue, the, the, the Red Cross would have gone crazy. You don't even need a donation. You got real blood in the river. This wasn't colored water. This was the real McCoy. How do you do that? God is not phased by the level of evil. I mean, we're not talking here about a being that is restricted or limited. It doesn't make a difference to God. God does what he wants. The question is, what's his rotsen? What's his will? So I'm telling you, the will of God right now, before he eliminates evil, is to allow it to completely be victorious. Just look at Haman. Haman was completely victorious. In fact, he even, if you remember, when he went home that night after the first party, he bragged to Zeresh, his wife. He was bragging. He said, could you believe this? I'm the only one she invited. <clears throat> and we're not talking about being invited to some state dinner. We are talking about being invited to the emperor of the entire known world. Right? And not only him, but his whole queen. I mean, these are the top social figures in the world. <clears throat> and by the next night, he was dead. He was finished. Don't be fooled. You see, your focus is incorrect. Don't be fooled by the situation. Like I say, Yeshua Sashem Keheref Ayin. It can happen in a second, completely, uh, what he called, opposite of what you think. The real question is to understand the divine agenda, you see. And what I'm telling you is the agenda, because God is about to eliminate evil, can eliminate it in a second by something which we do not even expect, you see. And hopefully that's what he's going to do, is he's going to bring out something that overnight will change radically the entire situation and keep the Tov Shebe'esov. And it's not just Trump. It is the entire change in the Middle East where all the Arab nations are dying to ally themselves with Israel because they need Israel desperately, you see. And this is a change 
we have never seen before, where the Arab mm-hmm. nations want to become part of the Israel structure. I mean, this is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Could you imagine what it means for the military, where Saudi Arabia, which is really the most important Arab country, now becomes the greatest ally of Israel? You would never expect this in your wildest dreams, you see. And it's happening. And the one who did it is Esau, Edom, the Toshiba Esau. This is the one who did it. Uh, 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 You know, Trump, he's the one that did something that nobody ever did. He changed the, the entire political climate of the Middle East. It's one of the greatest political achievements in the last hundred years. He deserves many Nobel Prizes. Now, will God stop that? You see, that is the question. So we don't know what the measure of evil is that God will allow to eliminate it. Because like I said, remember, when God eliminates something, he makes it the most powerful. Just like Egypt, Mm. they ruled the Jews, right? And they were the most powerful nation on earth on the Ramses or wherever the guy was. And then he mm-hmm. utterly wiped it out. The same thing with Haman. You know, Haman is the, what? He's the greatest grand vizier with absolute power. He's even got the ring of the king, you see. Because God wants to show, Ein koyach acher. There is no other koyach. And this is the emunah. Uh, this is what a Jew must believe that all events, no matter how big or small, are absolutely in the hand of God. So don't worry. Don't look at the political situation. You see, that's not the way the world runs. God decides. You know, we just have to sit back and try to understand what the plan is. That's why I've told you what the plan is the overall game plan, the different realities. What is Mashiach ben Yosef, ben David? What does it mean, the Messianic era? And how it is restored to Odom Rish before the sin? And what has to happen, you see, is the ultimate evil has to rule. You're looking at it. You see. So, uh, don't worry. Uh, It'll all be good. Okay. I have a quick question. So when you were talking about the four realities, you said the first one was Zulata. Is that correlating yes. to Olam Atzibu? No, that's Olam Habo. Okay, so then you said the second one was Ruchniyot. Yeah, there are different levels of Ruchniyot. Atzilut is the highest, then Bria, okay. then Yitzira, and then... Uh, and then Yitzira, uh, that's it. Then below that begins Oilam Hageshem. But all of them are Oilam Hazer. None of them are Oilam Habor. But then there's Oilam Hageshem with, there's Oilam Hageshem without Zoyamor. And then we are in the Oilam Hageshem with Zoyamor. But we have worse because our Oilam Hazer with, with, with Geshem and Zoyamor is at the level of Mem Teshari Tumah. That's the word, that's the bottom. That's called the pits. And we are now there. 
You see? Olam Geshem without Zohama, and then the lowest level is Olam Geshem with Zohama, and that's where we are right now. With the Memtesh Sharitoma. Because even Olam Hazeh with Geshem and with Zohama has 49 levels to descend. And that's what the idea in Egypt was. And we are now, I believe, at that level. We are Olam Hazeh, one. We are Oilam Hazer, we are Oilam Geshem, we are Oilam Geshem with Zoyama, and we are Oilam Hazer with Geshem with Zoyama with Memteshari Tumor. Because the greatest Tumor, right, is the tremendous Hashosa of America. You see, the desire to dominate everybody, the desire to control power, the enormous sexual perversion of what America has become, and the tremendous amount of evil, the materialism, all of this is Memtesh you see. And I believe we are at the bottom, you see. So it wouldn't, if if Biden did get reelected, wouldn't that bring us to the 50th level? No, we cannot go into the 50th level of Zoyamo. Because... uh, that would be a level where, where evil would be completely dominant. And I believe Sedoim was about to slip into 50. But God destroyed it miraculously. And that destruction, look, he could have destroyed it many ways. He could have had a plague in Sedoim, right, Amora. He could have an economic collapse. I mean, a lot of things God could have done to Sedoim. He didn't. He destroyed it with an unnatural event in microseconds. Because evil, once it reaches a certain level, cannot exist. There cannot even be a duration of destruction. It has to be completely obliterated, annihilated, demolished. You see. So we are really in the last You see what I'm saying? Um, but, Rabbi, I have a question. Wouldn't, wouldn't by, uh, by Biden being reelected, wouldn't that make evil at its highest level to then bring it down? Can you repeat that question? Okay. By Biden actually being president, wouldn't that make evil be at its highest level so then Hashem could bring it down? Yes. So then but, you know, might... evil does not have to reach the 50th gate. It didn't reach it then in Egypt. It only went to the 49th, and then God stopped it. Look, you have to remember, the tumor wasn't the Jews. It was the Egyptians. Right. You know, the Jews were just influenced by the 49th level of evil. But it's not that they were the 49th level of evil. You see? It was the entire climate of Egypt. Well, I mean, whatever was going on there, uh, you know. But the, the election of Biden, especially Harris, who was a terrible person, will bring it, will, if, not, if it's not there, will bring it down, I believe, to the 49th level. Yeah. So, you have to be a Maimon. You have to believe that you are looking at the end. Look, I want to, I told you once, you know, and I, I gave this uh, 
people, many Amoroim in the Gemara and Sanhedrin said, let him come, and I explained that in the last year, let him come, but I don't want to see it. Could you imagine this is an Amoira, a Tano, whatever, and they don't want to be around and the Mashiach comes? Yeah. They want to, they don't want to let him come, obviously, but they don't want to be around. Could you imagine what they knew would happen? And that's exactly what they knew, what I'm telling you. They knew that evil will be allowed to reign at the last possible moment and then be destroyed. But they don't want to be around at that level. You see? Because the pain of an individual that is spiritual is much too great being on a level where the climate, the atmosphere is unbelievably evil. You see what I'm saying? So that itself, you have to indicate what it means. How bad it's going to get. Got it? Okay. Every day, something, you know, there's some other, you know. But I'm telling you, you really, you cannot believe any of the newspapers. They're all liars. And even if they say something which has a grain of truth, it's incredibly exaggerated or distorted. You can't believe them. You see, this is the problem. They will lie and make up anything. See, so I don't know really where anything is at. That's what I was trying to say the other day. You don't know where the election is because you can't believe what they're, what, what they're reporting. Exactly. You can't. They have destroyed any credibility. There is no such thing as journalism anymore. It's gone. There is no such thing anymore. You know, look, you, they'll shut you down out of the Internet. You know, Twitter or uh, Facebook or Google, they'll shut you down. Twitter, uh, Rabbi, Twitter already said that even if Trump doesn't concede and if he, even if they claim he wins, they're giving uh, Biden a Trump profile, a, a presidential profile. That doesn't mean anything. They have no legality whatsoever. I know. I'm just saying this is how twisted the big yeah. tech are. Yeah, that's how desperate they are. That they're yeah. willing to, they're going to violate the Constitution. That's what you're looking at. You are looking at a group of people, or many people, that are willing to throw away the Constitution in order to get rid of Trump. What you're looking at is satanic. This isn't, these are not humans anymore. This is the Sutton desperately trying to destroy Trump because Trump is one of the factors of the redemption itself. We see that. You are looking at the Sutton. He's in charge. You know? So we are entering an incredible crisis. You know? What is amazing to me, and I'll end with this, is the Supreme Court. Because how can the Supreme Court stand by and wait when there's an incredible constitutional crisis in America that can generate a civil war. And they're always sitting there on their benches 
waiting for Trump to bring it to them? Are they for real, these people? By the time it gets to them, you're going to have an incredible constitutional crisis. What? It's too late. We're already counting down. We're getting closer and closer. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's astounding to watch, you know. Uh, It's like, you know, it's like it's like somebody has a disease, right? So the top doctor says, well, let him go to the lower doctors first. And then as he works his way up the ladder, then I'll see him at the end. I'll be the last guy. Is he crazy? By the time he gets to this guy, he'll be dead. This is what it's like with the Supreme Court. Uh, They are witnessing a constitutional crisis where the whole country is falling apart. And they're sitting there waiting till it goes to all the federal courts. Are these people normal? You see? Uh, It's astounding to watch. Don't they understand the level of crisis that America is now going through? We're looking at a potential of enormous rebellion. You see? Very dangerous. Very dangerous.